You are listening to Your Word on the Way. We trust the Word of God to encourage you, comfort you, and even challenge you as you grow in your walk with the Lord. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and podcast. Thanks again for joining us for Your Word on the Way. for the people, and then we'll get started. Maybe you can read the scripture verse that we have, um, the main one in Matthew 24. But go ahead and pray for us. Okay. And then we'll... So join us in prayer. Father God, first I just want to thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your love. Father, that your love is unconditional. Thank you for um, loving us even in our mess. Loving us so much that you would send your son to die for us. Father God, I want to thank you that that you loved us first so we can love, Lord. Hallelujah. And so I thank you for that amazing love. I thank you for all that you've done, all that you're going to do. I thank you, Lord God, that we we have the victory, that we have power because of you. Um, And so, Lord, I thank you um, for all that you've done. And I thank you, Lord God, for your word that continues to feed us, continues to nurture us, and helps us to to learn and to be more like you. And I pray that you would help us to uh, receive your word, to live it out, and to spread your, your love and your word to everyone that is around us and that um, people would, would feel your love, um, hear your word, and be transformed. Hallelujah. We love you. You are awesome. Thank you, Lord God. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So it was Matthew 24, we'll be reading, or we'll be starting from Matthew 24, verses 9 to, we said to end at 13? Yes. Okay. And what's the background of this section of the, what is it talking about? Well, it's talking about the end times. Okay. So Matthew 24, 9 to 13. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And so what is the main scripture there that we're focusing on? Sorry. Well, what we felt that kept coming up in our spirits and what just we just kept hearing was uh, the love of most will grow cold. Uh, and when you, you read the commentaries and when you look into uh, just that portion, um, we're not talking about just the love of people in the world. Mm-hmm. Where it's not just saying, you know, the love of people, people are all going to hate each other. The love of people, you know, neighbors are going to hate neighbors. It, because they do. Yeah. Already. <laughs> and so don't, don't, don't just think of that because you see that already. In this scripture, it's talking about the body. Um, if I read it in the Amplified Version, uh, verse 12, it says, 
and the love of the great body of people will grow cold. And when Nicole looked it up, do you have any? It's, it just says the love of many, but the, it's implying that the majority of people, their love for one another will be cold. Yes. Um, then if we, um, if you turn to John 17, this is verses 20 and 21, um, you might be familiar with this passage, it's Jesus and he is praying for his disciples. And he says um, in John 17 verse 20, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So that's you and me. If you believe in Jesus Christ, Jesus is praying for us. Um, and he's saying, for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Verse 21 says, I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. He's talking to the Father. I pray that they all will be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. Every time there's a so that, we have to look back and see what it's talking about. And it's talking about, um, Jesus is saying, I pray, mm -hmm. Father, that they would be one. Yeah. Just as you and I are one, and may they together, them being one, may they be, be in us so that the whole world will believe that you sent me. Yeah. And so you can see through the other scripture that talks about um, the love of many growing cold. Mm -hmm. um, it, I think right before it, it talks about that wickedness will be abounding. Yeah. Um, and so one of the tactics of the enemy is to make the love of believers grow cold toward one another and to attack unity within the body of Christ. Why? Because it affects how the world sees Jesus yes. and how the world believes whether or not he exists. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. easy for people to hate each other. Yeah. Um, somebody cooks your meal wrong at McDonald's and you go through the drive-thru and you hate them <laughs> because you have to go back around and wait again. Or you have to go home having chicken nuggets instead of a Big Mac. <laughs> And so it's easy to hate each other, and that doesn't show God's love. That doesn't show that God exists. What uh -huh. shows that God's, God exists is if there are people who are actually one. The, the, the enemy doesn't care whether or not, uh, he doesn't care about the actual uh, division he's putting in the body. He doesn't care about the actual story. He doesn't care about what so-and-so said about so-and-so and why so-and-so is upset with so-and-so that, that's not what he really you're yeah. you're getting all worked up over a situation or some something that happened but it's not even like that's not even what the enemy really cares about he's just planting this so that the world won't know jesus came for them yeah so that like that that is really you know you're just it's that's just something the the enemy is using but the bigger picture is and what we really need to think about and care about is it's just so that the world won't believe that Jesus really came, uh, that Jesus uh, is their Savior, uh, so that no one's eyes will be on Jesus. Yeah. Their eyes will be on that argument. Yeah. Their, their eyes, people's eyes will be on the division in the church. Their eyes will be on that and not on Jesus. That's, yeah. that's the bigger picture. That's what Satan is trying to do during that conflict. Yeah, the, the enemy always has like a root cause or reason why he lies or yeah. why he sows discord or yeah. why it's not, 
it's not just so that there would be discord. No. It would be so that people don't recognize he that Jesus actually us. exists. He, he doesn't really. No, he certainly doesn't. He doesn't care about us. He don't care about, you know, what you were offended with or not. It's just, it's just Jesus. It's just to get people's eyes off of Christ. And even the body. It's just yeah. to get the body off of the plan, their task. Their task. Yeah. Their job. Yeah, and if we read um, just a little bit further, we can read 22 and 23 of that same chapter in John 17. It says, I have given them the glory that you gave me mm -hmm. so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Wow. So there it is just again. Um, may they have such perfect unity. Perfect unity. Um, that's important. And yeah. so we have to look at the word. So Jesus is saying and praying to the Father, Father, may they have such perfect unity. There must be something in the word where he can show us how. Yeah. And so that's part of why we're here. Um, we just want to use the word to go through some of, some of the things that God himself has given us in his word mm -hmm. on how to promote how to grow in, how to develop that perfect unity mm -hmm. um, that that Jesus is talking about it. And obviously he's talking about it in, in the aspect of love, that yes. we would love one another. Yeah. So what is one of the ways that we can promote, wait, hold on, develop and grow in Christ-like love? She won't be able to read the notes that I was, I was writing down for us. I have Dr. Scribble. Without being uh, all right, so number one. Yes. So did we go over this so that the world will believe you sent me? Yep. Yes. Okay. Number one, one way uh, that you can develop and grow in a Christ-like love, and that was the other thing that uh -huh. we were we were thinking. You know, a lot of people have their thoughts about love. We are talking about what the Word says about love, yeah. not what maybe the world may think or what I may think or what Nicole may, what people may think about what love is. We need to learn, I need to learn every day, we all need to learn every day what is, what, the, what does the Bible say love looks like? Yeah, because I, I feel like if you don't use, if you don't love the way that God says to love, you make it as if you know how to love better than God does. Uh, um, <laughs> and I, th I think we run into that. Like yeah. we, I've, I've seen things, heard things, experienced things where people don't really want to follow what the Word says about how to love somebody. Um, and you are running into something dangerous where you feel like you can love better than God. Yeah. And, and that's not pure love. Like, He showed us God is love. Yeah. So He showed us what love looks like. Yeah. So we, so the next, the next few points are going to be on developing and growing in a Christ-like love. And, and that, that does look different than what the world teaches you, and it can also yeah. look different than what you may even picture in your own head. Um, I'm constantly having to learn how to love like Christ. To me, love looks like giving me many chocolate chip cookies and lots of walnut brownies. <sighs> but Walnut so brownies? Good. Brownies with walnuts in them. Brownies alone are good. No, okay, so they're walnuts in. they're all good. I would think that that's love, but I wouldn't give that to somebody who's struggling with diabetes. <laughs> that's not love. True. Okay. I would give you a brownie because you could you could deal with it, but I wouldn't give it to somebody with diabetes. 
the same way we need to learn how to love how God says to love because that's true love, that's pure love, and some of us feel like loving our children are giving them candy because that's what they want, but that's not what's good for them. And so God teaches us how to love in a way that's good for everybody. Yes. Number one, we would say, don't be easily offended. Wow. We jumped there already? <laughs> we didn't either way there? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Did we? No. Okay, just jumping right on in there. Don't be easily offended. Sometimes offense is a you problem. And that's in Colossians 3.13. Yes. So Colossians 3.13 says this. Make allowance for each other's faults. Um, another version I think also says bear, bear with one another. Mm -hmm. So bear with one another. This says make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. Mm -hmm. So you must forgive them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when we say, so not we, when the Bible says make allowance for one another's faults, that is implying that the other person is at fault. Yeah. Meaning you are right. You are so very right. I love to be right. I hate to be wrong. Um, the Lord's working on it. The Lord's working on it. Um, but that implies that you are right. And mm -hmm. so the world teaches us when you're right, you actually, you have a right to hold on to things. Or mm -hmm. you have a right to be mad at the person. Or you don't have to put up with that. You, you can just <laughs> let them go. Yeah. And, oh yeah, maybe you don't have to put up with it. But if we're the body, you, you, just, you can't just cut off the arm. Or you should be mad. Oh yeah, you, you should, should be, be mad. mad. You have every right to be mad. I would be mad too. Yeah. And I'll tell you what I would do on top of it. Yeah. But this says don't, the scripture says don't be easily offended. And it says make allowance for one another's faults. Mm -hmm. Bear with one another's faults. So making allowance for somebody's fault means I am predetermining that when you mess up, or if you mess up and it's towards me, meaning you have wronged me, I'm predetermining right now that I have something on credit for you. It's called forgiveness. Yeah. And so if and when you do something against me, it's already paid for on credit yeah. by the blood of Christ. He forgave me so I should freely forgive. Yes. Um, so it's on credit over here. And so when that time comes up, guess what? It was, it was already taken care of. Yeah. It was already taken Amen. care of. So I, sh I should make allowance. We should make allowance for one another's faults. Um, we shouldn't be easily angered, yeah. Scripture talks about. Mm -hmm. And it, if we do that, we are developing and growing in Christ-like love. Yeah, yeah. It's clear that that means we are, we are all going to at, at one point have a fault. We, we're going to mess up. That, that's what it's implying. So it's clear that there's going to come a time where we're all going to have a fault and if if I if it's saying bear with one another that means there's going to be work that's work to do to mm -hmm. bear with each other it's work but do it yeah uh, just true. like it was work for Jesus to die on the cross mm -hmm. to forget for, for to cover our sins it's work he prayed so hard that sweat it was like blood fell from his brow he prayed so hard it's about work it, it yeah. is work it's not easy 
when you've been hurt. But if the Bible is saying when we're united, that's what will show the world that, that Jesus was sent. Like if that's what's going to yeah. um, make the world truly see Jesus and um, if, if that that's what's going to, I mean, that's what we want the world to know, right? As believers, yeah. right? That's what we want the world to know as believers that Jesus, right? So let's work together and, and it's working. It's working. Sometimes it is hard to forgive your brother and sister who yeah. hurts you. And um, another thing that we were we were thinking about. So, if you know, I have to um, bear and and allow you know, to understand that we're gonna have faults and and you know I might get hurt. We have to do that for each other. So if I yeah. if I can give you room to uh, hurt me and forgive you for it because Jesus told me to and because. Um, I, I want to love like he loves. So if, if, if you hurt my feelings, I have to forgive you and love you and not be easily offended by it. But then that means when the time comes that I might mess up, you need to show that same act back yeah. towards me. Um, so keep in mind, if, if someone is e able to forgive you and, you know... Bear you, with you. Bear with you. <laughs> yeah know that that other person might need that and need that back because yeah. we're not all perfect here we're striving for it and so we're we we're gonna make mistakes so if i have to bear with you you bear with me yeah and this is something that we do yeah have to do with each other often well that's when when i had written earlier sometimes offense is a you problem meaning yes. a me a me problem Sometimes offense is a me problem. Like, it actually doesn't have anything to do with anybody else in the world except for me, my own thoughts, what my own expectations, what I think should be happening right now. Forgetting that the world has lives. Yeah. Forgetting that, okay, these people don't understand. I'm, I want to turn right on red. And I'm offended that they just kept going. It's a me problem. Mm -hmm. It's... In that case, it wasn't their fault. It was, it's a me problem. Yeah. And in that way, I think the Bible safeguards us in saying, if you make allowance for other people's faults, even when it's you who's actually the person who's at fault, yeah. because you have a thinking problem, yeah. you overthink too much. Yeah. Um, if you make allowance for that, what shouldn't even be a problem doesn't become a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't let it get that far. Yeah. Um, that's that's one of the things that was on um, Facebook Live with with Jonathan the other day. He was saying, I don't I don't even fight. Like, I, oh, he was saying, I don't even fight with my wife. Yeah. Because I'm gonna have to reconcile eventually. So why why not just skip to step three? Yeah. Yeah. And if we allow ourselves to fight with each other and be easily offended with one another, we are saying I'm okay with the world not recognizing in us that Jesus was sent. That's so If I allow wow. myself to be offended by you and not make allowance for your faults, I'm saying it's I'm okay with it. I'm okay mm -hmm. with the testimony of Jesus not being on my lips right now. Mm -hmm. And that's a dangerous place to be at. Very dangerous. That I mean that's that should be all we really want. Yeah. For the world to know. For the world to know that Jesus came for them. But McDonald's done give me chicken nuggets <laughs> instead of my Big Mac. <laughs> so next on the list we have... You just skipped right on to that? I mean, 
too. Do you want to not do that one? Do you, do you want to go here first and then <laughs> yeah, go Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. We're going to say that number three is two and two is three. So number two, <laughs> don't dwell on past hurts. Oh, it would have made it sense. If That's you, good. That would have made sense That's anyway. Good. That was better. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Don't dwell on past hurts. Uh, Philippians 4, I think your handwriting says 4, 8? Sure. Philippians 4, 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. You just reminding yourself and dwelling on the, the past hurts, how so-and-so hurt you in the church, how all these different things that happened to you in your past, mm -hmm. or uh, just dwelling on it, you are going to remain living there. Yeah. You're going to remain in that mentality. You're going to remain in a hurt, wounded mentality. And, and that, that isn't um, the mind of Christ. Yeah. Um, you won't live a victorious life if you're constantly um, living that past hurt and you won't really have a true genuine reconciliation with that believer with with the church with whatever um, if you are still holding on to those past thoughts and hurts and pains of whoever hurt you in the church whatever brother and sister hurt you yeah. or whatever um, if you haven't let that go, then you really haven't truly experienced real reconciliation with that person. Yeah. Real healing. You, you haven't because you're still holding on to something. And as long as that's there, it's always going to mess with your view. It's almost like it's like there, so you're never going to really have a clear view. Yeah. Of, of really anything that's involving that person particularly or... You might have now like a, a grudge on, it, like it might be a touchy topic all around with anybody. Yeah. You know? Well, there's a Bible verse that I'm just thinking about now that talks about how, um, I think it's in Romans, but I'm not sure, but it talks about how God gave a certain people over to their depraved minds, mm -hmm. and it talks about how their imaginations were darkened. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if we're not careful and we dwell on those things, the past hurts, what you know, so-and-so hurt me, and I can't let go of it, um, it's like our, our minds become dark. Yeah. Like, it, you're giving an en the enemy a foothold um, to sow discord, to sow disunity, but it's also in your own mind, like, for your own sake, yeah. don't dwell on it. Yeah. Because you're, uh, like people have said, like, you're poisoning yourself when you're holding on to those things. Um, and if you're reliving them in your mind, it's like, how can you not feel it again? Yeah. And then when you see that person, you're not going to have good thoughts about them. No. You're going to think about what you were thinking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was thinking about this, I, um, like the phrase came to me, we should be making nothing out of something. Mm-hmm. Some of us make something out of nothing, but we should, as believers, we should have the ability and the empowerment by the Holy Spirit to make nothing out of something. Um, and so if it's something that's happened in the past and you know that you should have moved on from it from now, by now, stop thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Stop rehearsing 
what somebody said to you and what you wanted to say back. What you should have said back. What yeah. you could have said back. Yeah. If I had just said this back, I would feel so much better right now. Stop. Just stop. It's not promoting love when you're dwelling on the past, when you're dwelling about things that have happened before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now that I think about it, you know, when you're dwelling on it, I think that's what that's what makes the love grow cold. Yeah. That's that's what's making it start to grow your heart starts to get cold. Um yeah. the dwelling on it. The dwelling on it. Um it's going to corrupt your 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 vision, corrupt the way you function. It's going to corrupt you. It is going to corrupt um, how you operate, how you love, uh, and it will seep into even outside of whoever specifically offended you. Mm -hmm. It will seep into other areas of your life if you allow that to to um, just sit in you. Infester. Infester. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Well, imagine if, um, like, instead of promoting love, Jesus had just thought of everything that we would do wrong against him. Oh, my god! Like, rather than Jesus saying, Father, I'm going to do what your will is. Not my will, but your will. And if Jesus had said, instead, they're going to do all these things wrong and, and focused on the wrong. it's going to get even worse. It's going to get even uglier. It's going to get even crazier. Yeah. Like, uh, times are going to get really ugly and nasty and, and sin and... They're going to say they're mine, but they're not really mine. Yeah. And so imagine if Jesus had done that instead of saying, the Father told me to do this, mm -hmm. and so I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. What if we became the people like Jesus? What if we grew up... Grew the Father in told me to love. The Father told me to forgive. The forgive. Father told me to be like Him. Mm -hmm. The Father forgot my sins. Yeah. The Father said, my sins are as far as the East is from the West. I'm, God is, like, God is intelligent. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he's one of those forgetters that's like, where did I put my pen? Like, he's not, he's intelligent. Yeah. And so it's not that kind of forgetting. No. It's, I've put it away from you. Yeah. And I don't count it against you anymore. If I would just be like my Father, mm -hmm. I can just be like my Father and do what my Father said. And he said, forgive. Yeah. And he said that he forgot. Yeah. So I'm just going to forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> I'm trying to skip. I could say this one because I like it. But you, if you want to find the Ecclesiastes first. Oh, well, I already first. went to Matthew 7. So you okay. want to go to Ecclesiastes sure. first. Um, another way that we can develop and grow in Christ-like love that we've been trying to avoid is to judge one another righteously. Um, I think it's 1 Corinthians talks about how you are not to judge the people who are outside of the church. Mm -hmm. God will judge them. It mm -hmm. actually says in the Bible, you are to judge those who are within the church. So, so we'll read the Bible, okay? We'll read the Bible so that, because, um, yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Just the Bible. Righteous judgment. God looks at the heart, mm -hmm. not the outer appearance of a man. So Ecclesiastes 7, 21 through 22 says this. 
I think mine might be a little bit different than yours was. But okay, don't eavesdrop on others. You may hear your servant curse you, for you don't know how often you yourself has, have cursed others. So we're talking about righteous judgment. And one of the things that are in scripture is um, be careful the measure that you use against others because that same measure that you use on other people will be used back on you. And that's why it says in the Bible, judge not. It says, judge not lest ye be judged. So it says, don't judge mm -hmm. because if you do, that same judgment will come back to you. The same measure that you use to judge other people will be used to measure back to judge you. Mm -hmm. So what is a practical example to like help people know and understand what that's saying? Just that particular portion. So let me think of a way to safely say all this. You can give my example. I don't know what your example Of Samuel. Is. Like I tell Samuel to have a good attitude. Uh-huh. And I'm I'm like careful about the words that he says and how he says things. So if he says, Okay, fine, I I say, you better check your attitude. Sometimes when I'm talking with Paul, Samuel will say, Are you guys being nice? Yeah. And I'll I'll be like, Yes, like I was being nice, I was just getting frustrated, but yes, fine. Like, fine. Uh -huh. But that's that's an example of the scripture. Yeah. That talks about it. Whatever measure you use against somebody, that measure will will also be used against you. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's it said, don't judge, lest ye be judged. So, do not judge unless you also are okay with being judged. Yes. Um, then that same passage, mm -hmm. so this is the same passage that's in, in Matthew 7. That same passage goes on to say this. You can read, you can read it. Alright, Matthew 7, 1. Matthew 7, 1 to 5 says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Did you want me to? Yes. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Wow. So there is a first that's involved in this. Mm -hmm. The first is, examine yourself. Examine yes. your own heart. Yes. Examine the stuff that's sticking out of your eye. Like, examine the things that are huge, that you can, like, anybody can clearly see. Don't go around talking about the little things that are wrong with your life mm -hmm. when you've got something huge going on with your own life. Jesus says first, implying that there is another thing coming. Yes. So the first is examine yourself. Yeah. Examine your own heart. Mm -hmm. See what's going on with yourself. Because yeah. he's talk. you have to understand, he's talking around people who are the Pharisees and Sadducees. They're the keepers of the law. They know how to keep the law. And they know how to tell you everything that you've done wrong. So in context, which is, we also have to read this in context, he's 
he is understanding his audience, and his audience is a bunch of people who think they're perfect. Yeah. And who go around telling people that they're not. Yeah. Um, and so he says, first, look at this, the, the log that's in your eye. Then, 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 there's a then that I think that we ignore. Yeah. Because I don't, don't judge me. You can't judge me. And I think what the, and maybe what people don't realize, myself, anyone, what we don't realize is judgment is if you do it righteously like the title of it is judge righteously uh -huh. if we forgot to say that um, but if you judge righteously that is a form of love yes that's a form of true love real love if if some if Isaiah's not acting right or something's off with mm -hmm. Isaiah I need to make that judgment if I love him enough if yeah. I love that if I love his soul if I if I care for his soul I need to make that judgment and yeah, I'm going to examine myself, I'm going to go, where did I fall short as a mom, if I fell short, mm -hmm. what happened, what, but you do have to examine, I examine me first, examine myself first, I go before the father, and then I go make that judgment on my son, yeah. and I go, buddy, um, I think we forget that a part of the, that judgment is a part of love, it's, it's a hard uh, way to connect it with love, but yeah. it is connected. It is connected. So I want to read this Bible verse talking about what you're saying, but that's not it. The Matthew 18. Yeah, but it's not that. It doesn't match that one. No. And so uh, it's about confronting your brother or sister in Christ. When somebody has offended you, you're supposed to confront them. Um, and it talks about if you do, if you confront the person and they confess, yes, I have sinned against you, it, it actually says, then you have won that person back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the purpose behind this righteous type, type of judgment. If there's a sin against you, or if there's an offense, or whatever the case may be, if you confront that person, that brother or sister in Christ, the brother or sister in Christ, because the Bible talks about judging those who are within the church, you don't go to your boss of whatever corporation you work for and say, you really shouldn't be smoking. Um, they're in the world. The, the sin of the world is unbelief. So the unbelief is what you have to tackle as a believer um, in the unbeliever's life. But um, if you're talking to your brother and sister in Christ and you get to tell them, hey, this is, this is what's happening. This is what I see. Um, it actually says if they confess it, you've won them back. Mm -hmm. And that's the perp that should be the purpose behind any type of, of judgment within yeah. the body yeah. um, is winning them back. Yeah. Um, developing and growing in Christ-like love, mm -hmm. not allowing the enemy to sow discord and disunity, but utilizing the tools that God has given us yeah. and saying, hey, this is wrong and it needs to be righted. Yeah. Um, by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, I know that you can make it through. And then you've won them back. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember where it is, so forgive me, but there was a Bible verse that we read somewhere in the years that we've known each other that talks about, um, like, judging one another so that you wouldn't fall under God's condemnation. Mm -hmm. I don't remember where it was. It might have been Proverbs. I keep trying to go look on my phone, but I know that you I know you can take it then. Take it out? Yeah, you can. Okay. Um... So. There's a Bible verse that talks about that, and it talks about if we, like, judge one another, if we um, confront one another, then we won't fall under the judgment of God, meaning we'll be able to take care of it now, 
before God has to deal with it. I don't know if it was discipline or... I don't know. Well, Mary always says, I'd rather be disciplined by my brother or sister in Christ than be disciplined by God. Maybe, maybe it's uh, the Mary <laughs> Maybe it's the Mary version. No, I know that we read it somewhere because we were talking with the kids about it when we were in the conference room mm -hmm. um, years ago in discipleship. We might not be able to find it, but if you viewers find it, you can find it and um, let us know all about it. Um, but there is there is a place for righteous judgment within the body. There's a place for us to examine ourselves, and there's a place for our brother or sister in Christ to hold us accountable. Yeah, yeah. And that will actually help us win us back to the place that we're supposed to be. Yes. And I mean, when you when you are able to it, and it takes a lot of courage <coughs> to confront somebody. Uh, uh, you know, to be able to go, you hurt me, or to be able to go, I've I've, I've seen this happening. I see you doing this, and that's not. Um, I see you heading down the wrong path. Yeah. Um, it does take a lot of courage. It it is very hard to do. Um, but. It's, the, it's like, and I keep, you, you know, I'm um, comparing it to a, as parenting. Mm -hmm. It's those things that you do with your children uh, to save them, to save them from falling, to save them from getting hurt, to save them from making a mistake. And I think that if we all um, bear with each other and all um, look, at, look at it in that type of way, with the love of a parent for a kid, um, not in a way, well, this sister thinks she's better than me, or that brother yeah. thinks that he thinks he's better than me. Which some some might be doing that with that and, motive. Yeah, some might. But you have like you have to be careful not to be that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And forgive forgive us for those who have done those things. Yeah. Um, but if there is truly a situation, even if someone is coming to you <laughs> with the wrong heart right but have a real lot like a real situation a real story to say yeah. you're not doing this right and let like you know let's say that you know that they're living wrong but they are presenting you something that you know isn't right as well you go before the father don't flip out we yeah. love that brother uh you deal with your situation and you might have to then come around and say brother this this and that right you know you know how you just warned me and i'm dealing with that Thank you for presenting that to me. Thank you for showing that to me, brother. Um, and now that I'm working on that, you know, I would like to talk to you about something that I, I've actually been seeing too, but I've been too afraid to say. Yeah. And turn it right back around um, to that person who you know shouldn't be judging you because they haven't checked themselves first. But if they're coming with you with a legitimate story, deal with it. And then you can turn around and, and you can now, you've learned what it looks like to do.